0: What's up guys, it's Little D from FMF, and when I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio.
1: We can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits conquer fear or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics but we don't make product for them we look to the future embrace our past. We study. We analyze. We race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. stars one goal one vision
2: The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio podcast show brought to you by Justified Culture's Traction MXC Covers and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we got none other than the 31st. Finisher in the dream race this last weekend, uh, and that's him chuckling on the other line, goes by the name of James Hansen. Professor, how's it going?
3: Uh, good. Just uh, up in Washington, sitting on my old porch, on my old uh, porch swing.
2: Fair enough. You're in familiar territory, um, and uh, that, that's, that's an awesome thing to have after a long weekend of, of twisting the throttle. Um, how are things in Washington?
3: Good. That's, uh, from my understanding, it's been raining up here a lot, but I don't see it. It's uh, mid-70s to low-80s and uh, bluebird and perfect.
2: Well, that was the exact opposite today here in Winnipeg. We had uh, uh, mid-50s and rain, so we kind of... Like, send that some of that my way, my friend. Uh, Bricklaying in the rain was no fun today. But uh, I'm glad to be talking to you, my friend. For those who don't already follow you on social media or knew, know who the heck James Hansen is, who the heck are you?
3: Uh, well, I'm the global motocross manager for Rockstar Energy Drink. So, basically, uh, everything with nobbies globally, off-road, super-enduro, motocross, MXGP, whatever you can think of. Uh, basically, I oversee... Um, from branding to athlete management, social, websites, et cetera, anything you can think of, basically.
2: The motocross uh, rockstar energy drink Swiss Army knife goes by the name yeah, of that's it. James Hansen. <laughs> and, uh, James, where can we find you on social media because you're a good follow wherever you are?
3: Uh, well, on uh, Facebook, it's James Hansen, which is pretty easy to remember if you know my name. Jason. And then uh, – on Instagram, it's Professor296, which is uh, just an old nickname from 20 years ago because I like words. Um, I think words are some of the coolest things. Actually, my favorite book is The 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 Thesaurus, so um, that's kind of where that came from. But uh, And then also Dirt Bikes for President, um, Instagram and Facebook. And Fair enough. Com.
2: Absolutely. If uh, if people haven't already gone to that site to get themselves a hat or uh, some socks, uh, need to go and do that. They need to go do that, right?
3: Yeah, they need to. Uh, it seems to be blowing up, and uh, I've been hit up by a couple shops for retail too already. Just launched the uh, shop on Monday, and um, you know it's really. I think it's something that's going to be good. The image is just basically about riding your dirt bike and smiling and having a good time. So that's what everyone should be doing and that's the reason we all started riding dirt bikes in the first place. So it's really just simple based off that and uh, it actually originated because people were always arguing on Facebook and they'd be going back and forth and getting heated and I would say something like, hey, dirt bikes are cool and everyone would kind of be like, oh yeah. And then I started hashtagging dirt bikes for president and then, then I made a video with the same title and then I was like, I just kind of decided to look it up and I went to the USPTO and Ended up trademarking it globally, and when that got approved and hit the books, I figured I better make some stuff. So, I got a, <laughs> one hat, one one sock design, and some stickers now, and I have a, another design that's completed in the work. So for another hat, so I'm just gonna put things out there slowly and and let it just kind of grow itself.
2: Awesome, absolutely. And this isn't just your, your uh, regular uh, run of the mill t-shirts made in somebody's garage. These are uh, uh, they're through Fuel Clothing, am I if I understand correctly?
3: Yeah. Fuel Clothing is making all my stuff. You know, they already have a reputable name and and they already send me socks every month and hats and I I know the quality. So, um, and Shane, the owner is my buddy and been doing it for 25 years. So, um, it it was kind of a no brainer. I I text him for all my business questions, you know, up up to the point of how much should I sell this hat for, um, Everything, just I know he has the answers. And and the only thing I question is somehow in 25 years, he never put dirt bikes on the bottom of the sock, so I snatched that up right away.
2: Boom. Well, uh, you are a man with uh, many of ideas, often thinking outside the box, um, but uh, this last weekend, we, uh, like you are right now in familiar territory, we went back to some familiar territory that uh, is mixing gas, hauling ass, and uh, 125 two-strokes, ripping up the starting line at uh, at Hangtown, uh, and you were involved, my friend, We uh, I prefaced that at the beginning of the show, introducing you as the 31st uh, finisher in that race, although there was a of talent that showed up on the line this last weekend tell us how it all kind of came together because uh, i feel like uh, with this one the roots run pretty deep with you
3: yeah actually it's kind of funny joey lancaster who uh who started the dream race six years ago up at Washugo, the one-off event um i hired him to work for rockstar a long time ago when he started slowing down with racing and stuff and then we drove around the country together in a motorhome and had at the very least three 110s with us if not big bikes and everywhere we went we took all of our extra time to ride something or take the 110s out because they were so manageable and just go riding off into the woods behind a hotel whatever it took and just one day we were talking about how cool it would be to have a race where everyone raced 125s and it's one of those whether we were sitting at a bar having a drink or driving I can't remember for sure but one of those things that came to fruition and is now it, it's become a thing, and and his race has been very successful. And then somehow he managed to uh, get it in between the motos last year at Washougal, which uh, I got to race that one, the first one. And MX Sports thought it was really cool. And I mean, I heard multiple people say that they came to the race just because of it. You know, <laughs> they Absolutely. came to the race only to see the 125 race. So then um, now it's a triple crown. SMF jumped on board, and Husky and KTM, and um, so. Now there's three, but I have a feeling there could be as many as 12 in the future.
2: Uh, absolutely, I, I I've even talked to uh, Davy Coombs about this two years ago when he was starting to start to noodle with the idea of a 125 support class, and uh, this is basically the, uh, the I, I would say a bit of a trial run for it, and it's totally an attention getter. Like uh, the people love the bikes, they love the nostalgia of it, and uh, they love the racing because let's be honest, uh, going around that track, and we'll, we'll talk about navigating the track in a minute, but uh, on a 125 especially on a two-stroke in general you make mistakes and and are mistake- like in are they're, they're not huge like uh um wholesale mistakes but they're mistakes that allow passes to be made and i think that uh like although you, you'll always get your runaway victories uh in the sport of motocross but i feel like it really produces some great racing uh and it reminds some people of some of a simpler time and uh i'm on i'm on board with it i think this would be a, a great addition to the nationals
3: Absolutely yeah that that's the funny thing is is a lot of these kids have grown up at this point only riding four strokes and it takes a lot of talent to ride a two stroke. And when you do make a mistake, that recovery is, uh, it's much more substantial because if you, if you get stuck in a rut or hit it wrong, you don't just twist the gas, you're downshifting, you you know, you're doing, you're catching, you're doing everything you can just to get the bike to go and hope that you can make the next jump because you, you kind of have to hit everything perfect and you have to shift three times in every corner. And, and, uh, yeah, but as, as far as Hangtown. um, you know, my goal going in was to get top 20, and, and uh, there was a lot of talent on the line, and, I, you know, I, I had about three weeks to get ready for it. Um, I was in Vegas for five of those and in New Jersey for three. Um, I actually quit drinking to, you know, I thought, thought that might help, and, uh, and not to mention monetarily with the new business. but uh, Of
4: course. And uh,
3: then I got food poisoning for four days, and then I got sick for eight days. <laughs> my, my preparation while I, I did everything I could um, – I had, I had some, uh, roadblocks, but I, uh, when I rode that first lap of practice and realized that they hadn't touched the track with so much as a shovel, it was 10 times gnarlier than anything I've ever seen in my life. And I, I, uh, my goal immediately went from top 20 to making it out alive. And I, uh, you know, I just knew it was going to be a great experience to, to see and feel what those guys out there feel. And, uh, just to have a good time and look forward. You know, certain sec- sections of the track where I was like, "Yes, this,
4: this
3: this part's so fun." And then the rest was I was concentrating so hard that I held my breath for ten minutes. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't take your eye off the track. When, normally, when I'm riding, I'm thinking about music or or whatever, just something that makes me happy, just totally relaxed. And I was concentrating so hard that I wasn't breathing. But uh, I uh, I still had a good time and and so much respect. For those guys that are going 30 plus two on that is unbelievable to me. I don't know how they do it. And, I mean, the track was so rough that I have respect for every guy that was on the track at the same time I was. I mean, it was that ridiculous. And uh, it's something that most people will never experience. And I don't think you can understand unless you can see it through your own goggles and with your own life on the line out
2: there, if you will no kidding yeah absolutely the track uh during the the 125 dream race looked like it uh like you said it hadn't been touched super gnarly and uh, I, I've uh, had the pleasure of walking a couple of national tracks afterwards and you can put your feet in there and you can walk it and you can imagine what it would be like to come up to some of these corners but or in the, some of the sections but honestly like i honestly like I, I look at some of the sections and there's not a, a single part of the track that I would have felt comfortable just gassing it through and and you did exactly that and uh, I really gotta have to uh, take my hat off to you, man. um it's a gnarlier track than I would have taken on, and uh yeah, like just to just to survive it and say that you completed it uh uh a huge kudos to yourself and everybody else that did it because uh uh no small task,
3: yeah, you know it, it it's pretty crazy when you come into a corner and you know you're having to think where's this route coming into down this straightaway that's going into that next corner because there's no there's nothing you can't change. You know, like in practice, yeah. my favorite line going down that downhill, which is got to be one of the gnarliest sections of any track anywhere in the world. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I like the very edge of the track on the right. And there's a couple of times where I came up the step up and jumped it and made it to the inside where I had to pass somebody and I would go by somebody and then I was on the left and I was like, man,
4: <laughs>
3: you know, what's over here. I was glad we got a frayed lap cause I looked at it, but there there's, 25 ruts going across that downhill and there was one that was about four in from the left and about halfway down the hill the rut went all the way to the outside with the other ruts coming straight into it but if you were in it you couldn't get out and uh so you kind of look over your shoulder and gas it to get in front of the other guy so you don't come together but you really had no choice if you ended up in that rut (laughs) you know so i actually saw a couple pictures where there was someone uh ironically someone i grew up racing with um, that was in the the edge, the very left edge. And I was cutting
4: across,
3: (laughs) you know, and he was, he was behind me, but I remember hearing the bike and knowing that I had to hit the gas a little harder, knowing that he was coming down that left side. But I mean, that's, that's how 90% of the track was. It, It was, it was unbelievable. I mean, you really had to have your A game on, not just to go fast, but just to get around it, just to circulate the entire course was, it was a challenge.
2: Well, no kidding. What what would you say was the most challenging part, uh, or was there a, a, like most challenging section, or was it just uh, the the ruts in general? Because like you said, it's almost like a slot car track out there, and the fact that the uh, the the top pros they they head out onto that track full bore, 100% pin that that throttle, and uh, they're prepared to do it for 35 minutes plus two laps, and uh, and they are are expected to breathe the entire time. I guess that's why uh, those mechanics uh, are often writing that on there because uh, even the best of us uh, forget to uh, do some pretty basic things sometimes.
3: Yeah, it, it's funny how you, how easy it is to forget to breathe anytime riding a motorcycle. It, it it's unbelievable, and the second you do, you don't have oxygen to your muscles, and and you you know you go to crap. But if there's a longer moto, you have time to recover. Like if it was been a thirty minute moto, I think I could have got back in the top twenty because I know a lot of those guys aren't aren't physically fit, and I could have just run the same pace and probably got better. <laughs> but, I mean, as far as the track, I, I, I mean, I the ruts in general, for sure, were very challenging. I mean, before the uphill was challenging, uh, the ruts before the step-up were very deep and, and not really shaped very well because it was so muddy in practice. But one of the most challenging parts, honestly, was the rollers going up the hill. Um, it, it for, I actually fell there in practice because it was really muddy there in the morning. and uh, I actually started I had to slow down to go faster through those, which is which is an age-old, um, you know, adv- one of the best ad- advice tips you can give to someone. <laughs> but really just I started coming in slower because the ruts coming in were so bad, and there was two in a, two bumps in a row that were so rutted. If you messed up on the first one, you'd cross right on the second one. So I would just kind of line up through there, and then I was able to actually get on top of them going up the hill the rest of the way and made a couple passes there too. But, um, yeah, I mean, the whole thing was mm-hmm. – there was nowhere to really relax except for coming up to the fly one hundred and fifty cause it was fun to scrub into it. And then the, the table coming back was, uh, was fun to scrub into. And then, then it got gnarly again. <laughs> so it was really a hundred, you know, 300 feet of track and then a hundred feet of track and the rest of it was gnarly.
2: So like uh, safe to say, no one was, uh, toying with the idea of, uh, of jumping that, uh, the 150 jump can, Seeing as how none of the 450s jumped it during the race, uh, I think one guy might have tried it during press day and racked himself pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, so but like coming through that on that track on a 125, do you feel like the the lines that were developed may have been uh, they were for sure laid down by four strokes, or was it easy to keep up your momentum?
3: Uh, you know, I had funny thing is I I had never even seen that bike, let alone ridden it prior to Perfect. going out on the track. Um, which, you know, uh, Golden Tire West, Dax Simonelli built that thing for me for all three rounds and, and brought it down. And I mean, I, I couldn't thank him enough. Um, but yeah, I'd never ridden it. And, you know, I ride two strokes, but I ride a 250. And I, 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 really had to change up my whole style of shifting. I mean, even when I ride a 125 out east, um, I never use second gear. I, but the berms are good, but I, I can pull third gear through through ruts but they're they're not so deep that your foot pegs are dragging so hard you know like I had to learn to use second as much as I used third which was something I don't like to do and something that I I had to do I mean I was forced to it was not going to pull third through that stuff and and uh so yeah that I learned to ride that bike in practice which our practice we practiced and then went straight to the line so it was kind of like it was kind of like a four a 10 minute parade lap and then uh and then a race And then they dropped the gate maybe less than a second after the card went sideways. I put it in gear, and the the gate dropped, and I just dropped the clutch and had an amazing jump but nowhere to go when I got to the corner. I I like to get good starts, and that was one of my goals. And I was like,
4: whoa.
3: Yeah, they
2: quick-dropped you guys. Like, you you were, were I wouldn't say half asleep, but, like, like you were not totally – Ready, I think they did that same thing for the two the the, the two fifty uh first main event or the first uh, the first moto
3: yeah for the rest of my life, I'm gonna put it in gear like twenty seconds before i mean I, <laughs> I i always usually click it in gear as soon as as soon as the card goes sideways and you have at least five seconds you know <laughs>
4: like,
3: yeah. i I clicked it in gear and was like, oh God, I just let out the clutch, but I mean <laughs> I had my feet in the right spot uh fortunately, so I was able to you know not wheelie or loop out or something weird, but I just dropped the clutch and I had a great jump, but uh, I was too far to the right. And when I got to the, I mean, when I got out of the gate, my peripheral vision, there was no one there. But by the time I got to the corner, everyone on the inside was there. So then I got pushed out. Um, my start went from good to terrible, but <laughs> it, uh, that's part of racing.
2: Well, like was your bike uh, uh, housed under the, uh, uh rockstar uh husqvarna guys because that would have been pretty cool just in and of itself albeit a pretty stock motorcycle but uh to have your your bike the bike you'll be riding that day underneath the, the tent that uh you're often found in uh was, it would have been pretty cool
3: yeah you know actually last year at washougal it was last year i had the same graphics and everything um husky just sent me the graphics uh but this year with with dax building the bike there were some separate sponsors um like golden tire and and various mm. people that he works with they, the majority of them were my same sponsors, but um, I wasn't gonna even ask to put it under the semi at this time, just different graphics, different everything, and we have five yeah. guys over there now, so um of course, I just kind of parked it actually under the one twenty five dream, dream race tent, you know, kind of where it belongs anyway so
4: okay yeah, yeah with yeah. with my
3: buddies I grew up racing with, and the guy who who this happened so one thing that was positive there was a couple, one <laughs> I talked to Justin Hill um after my race and and he asked how it was and and I was saying how they hadn't you know it was rough and he he said he, he thought the track in his practice was pretty unreadable, and that was that was before another two fifty practice, a four fifty practice a four fifty l c q and our practice so um coupling that with Zach Osborne on the podium saying that the track was absolutely gnarly, which their motto was immediately after ours uh made me feel a little better. <laughs>
2: Well, no kidding. Like, uh, like, tell, were you still in your gear when you're handing uh, uh, handing Zach a fresh set of goggles and uh, and a rock star? Or were you? Did you have time to change by then?
3: Yeah, I had time to change. I changed, got my podium stuff ready, and then walked back over in my street clothes. Uh, last year, actually at Washougal, when we did it, though, it was in between motos, and uh, I there's actually a picture somewhere handing Alex Martin. I really didn't.
4: Up?
3: you breaking over here.
2: Yeah. How about now? You better now.
3: Um, I'm pacing all around the neighborhood. Um,
2: Perfect.
3: Yeah, so last year the race was, this year the race was before any gate drops, and I did have time to change. Last year the race at Washougal was in between the first 450 moto and the second 250 moto. So I was standing on the podium in my gear waiting for Purcell, who was in third. Um, he ended up going down line so then I ran back to the line, raced and ran back to the podium and uh, I was I was wearing my gear when I handed Alex Martin his podium can uh, at Washougal last year which is kind of funny but um, the crazy thing is last year at Washugal it was in between motos but it, it was almost easier to ride than an amateur national day where the bumps are so inconsistent and the ruts aren't consistent where there the bumps were all fast and, and the ruts were good but they weren't completely out of control like they were at Hangtown, that track was much easier to ride. So next two rounds of the Triple Crown, I I have a feeling Colorado will be similar to Hangtown, judging by ruts from what I've seen in the past. And um, so my goal there, again, will probably be similar to what it ended up at Hangtown. But then when I go to Washougal, I want to be top 40.
2: There you go. Well, uh, to, like, this motorcycle you're riding, it's Husqvarna. something you're, you're familiar with, the 250, but the 125, totally, totally different. Different power plant altogether, similar frame. Um, like, you said you basically learned how to ride it during practice. Uh, what, what, like, uh, did you find it was an easy bike to ride? What did you like about it?
3: Um, you know, I've ridden the 125 before. I did a Racer X test um, a couple years ago, and uh, I raced one at Washougal last year, Um I'm a bit of a bad example. I I do, I feel like they're the best, the 125 and 2 video, the best two strokes I've ever ridden by far. Uh, Also, can jump on any bike in two corners. I mean, the guy who built it's like, do you want to move the bars or the levers? I'm like, oh, it's fine. It'll be okay. I'm not worried about it. You know, I I do have a couple pet peeves. One is my back brake. So we raised the back brake, and and for the most part, you know, he's like, suspension, whatever. And I was just like, no, it'll be good.
4: <laughs> so be good.
3: it's a bit of i ba- I'm a bit of a bad example as far as adapting and <laughs> for the general public, but um, I really do believe that they're the best bikes I've ever ridden, and uh, by far, especially the 125. It's it's an unbelievable machine, the the speed, the handling, everything.
2: Well, that's awesome to hear. Now, so the the race itself, once you were done uh, uh, stealing the spotlight, uh, the Rockstar Energy athletes had some work to do. And uh, so uh, you mentioned five guys into the tent for um, the, the Husqvarna team, but also uh, a full stable of guys on star racing. So uh, yeah. you yourself, uh, like, running around, making sure that everyone has what they need, podium stuff, you name it, uh uh thankfully i believe you had uh, one athlete in the 250 class uh on the podium and uh a top 5 finish for uh for dean wilson which is was awesome uh but like uh, th- what everyone's asking about is jason anderson and his eye getting stitched up between races looking like a hockey player out there that's pretty gnarly
3: yeah for sure actually uh, Plessinger was third overall too so i had two guys right. on the 250 podium um yeah so the first moto on 450s uh i think the second lap Jason was coming after the step up, he was turning left going down that hill before the gnarliest step down I've ever seen. I, I told myself in practice the first lap, like, no way. The the, the the ruts were, were foot peg deep landing in ruts, foot peg deep. And I was like, wow, you know, like, uh, but so he's coming up to that. And as he's exiting the corner, he gets hit in the face with a rock. And uh, it doesn't break the lens. It doesn't pop it out. But the rock hit so hard that it actually dented it and pushed it into his eyebrow and split his eye open. And he, he just thought in his head, you know, oh, that hurt. And then as soon as he landed off of that step down, the blood just came through, it filled his eye, filled his goggle lens. He couldn't see, didn't know what to, what was happening, what to do. And he rolled over the berm and then Dean Wilson hit his bike and fell down. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Jason didn't know what was happening. Rockstar on um, rockstar
2: uh, crime. Yeah,
3: crime, yeah which obviously was an accident and a, and a weird yeah, situation. But so I immediately just ran to the medical unit cause I didn't know what happened. I you know he, he reacted so quickly running to the medical, you know, uh, UTV that I was like, something's bad. What so, you know, what could it be? Like my mind's racing. And then as my mind <laughs> starts formulating ideas, I'm thinking must be a collarbone or something because we've all done that twice at least. And yeah. you know, immediately like, Oh, it's over, you know? So I'm like, Oh God. And then, he comes up to the, to the medical tent and the, the blood is just pouring down his chest. He's covered because when you split open an eyebrow like that, like just like a boxer, that's a reason they stop fights because it, it bleeds so much and, and it's, it's very bad for your eye to have blood in there. So he just got it cleaned up, got stitches, uh, went out for the second moto with the last gate pick. And, um, I believe he fell too in the, in the second moto and then, uh, came all the way back to sixth and looked like he might have been the fastest guy on the track um at some points and and the way he was going by people and the way he was going into those rollers that I was saying were so tough he was manualing into them <laughs> and I, I mean I couldn't imagine doing that every lap at the speed he was going I mean he looked so much visibly faster going through those than the, the guys in front of him that he was going by he's a tough kid and always positive and once he figured out what it was you know he freaked out a little bit at first but he knew he was okay, and he was—he no question, you know, if he's going to line up or not.
2: That's pretty cool. Cool, like, just to see the the heart determination of a guy who, uh, like, it, not that it's ever been questioned with uh, with with Jason, but uh, he just seems like such a, a cool and calm. Uh, Character that is like to, to, the 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 uh, the ferocity doesn't doesn't always seem to be evident with a guy who just never like the, the the urgency in his body style or body language just isn't always there but that's cool to see um give like also so right after Yorimoto is uh, is is Zach Osborne's moto. And that guy not only won the first moto, battled hard with Adam Ciancerolo, uh completed the day with a 1-1 performance, uh, walking away from that. Um, did you see that coming from the, the beginning of the day? Or, uh, like, what were your thoughts when that kid was uh, making moves towards uh, getting that at uh, the overall?
3: Yeah, you know what's funny is I feel like people have kind of discounted him coming into outdoors. He hasn't always been in the conversation. and It's, it's puzzling. I mean, people maybe forgot that he's – much more suited and comfortable on an outdoor track than he is a supercross. So think of that. I'm not sure, but, um, he was also fastest in both practices. So that was a good indicator. And I kind of figured all along, you know, his confidence level. uh, He is, and as a great of a guy as he is, um, I mean, no one has the etiquette of Zach Osborne, but, uh, his confidence is there. I mean, and it's super important. And, and he's one of those few that have found the fine line between confident and cocky, perfect. And, uh, I mean, I just expect him to, to be up there. So I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, when he won the first moto, it was like, hey, Zach won.
4: <laughs>
3: you know, <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's not like the first time he ever won. Nothing beats the first, even a championship, this one aside, because it was ridiculous, but nothing beats the very first win. The very first moto win, the very first Supercross win, not even the championship. Um, But it does become a thing where you kind of get used to it with each guy. I mean, every time a new guy wins the first time, it's it's unbelievable feeling and experience. But once they start winning a lot, you kind of get used to it, and uh, it's not the same. It's just like, sweet, (laughs) you won again. Let's just keep doing this, you know? So I wasn't surprised one bit, and um, I, I think the field has their hands full.
2: Yeah in a lot of ways I guess it's good that uh um it, it, that you were, were not surprised that we we were not uh like overly surprised by Zach being able to uh, just assert himself, have the speed. And so that that just bodes well for a championship. And I think that that's a little bit of peace of mind for him rolling into each weekend. That uh, although there's an expectation, the expectation is there because he's got the skills. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, a decent season from him. Although uh, he will get a lot of uh, challenges from the rest of those guys. Uh, um, I I personally was surprised to see how well uh, AC uh, rode throughout the day.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, AC was AC was so good growing up, and, and you know, you grew up racing outdoors, and AC's fundamentals were always perfect, and just watching him on 85s when he was tiny and just his corners and everything, you know, everything was perfect, and, and he just kind of has that next level style and speed that you know is going to be good, but this is probably the, you know, the first time he's ever been 100% healthy going into hang so it's it's not really a surprise to me either, because I know I've been watching that kid for A long time you know so anytime ac does good it doesn't really surprise me it's kind of you know that was expected of him and then he just had a lot of bad luck so it's he's going to be up there as long as he's healthy he's going to be up there
2: so, uh, your, your duties with, uh, with, Rock, with Rockstar are many, but, uh, obviously going out to the outdoors is a completely new game for you, or not a new game, but it's a totally different game than, uh, than the, the, the Supercross rounds. Uh, how do you handle each, each weekend and, uh, uh, getting things done, this, that, and the other thing?
3: Yeah, you know, the only difference is really, <laughs> For one, I love being outside and I love the country. I'm not a city guy. I don't I don't like being in the city. I don't like being around a bunch of people, you know, unless it's on the track. <laughs> um, but uh so I'm always, you know, I'm the I have the biggest smile on it Hangtown out of anybody and I'm walking around going, "What's wrong, you guys? <laughs> this is awesome." You know, the, the Helmet guys have way more cleaning to do. They have twice as many guys. Uh the Goggle guys have twice as many guys cuz the series isn't split up anymore. And uh so everybody's a little more stressed out. I'm just pumped to be outside in the sun and the dust and the dirt. And, and so I'm just super happy. But really the only difference is your, your hotel's usually farther away. You know, sometimes like Unadilla, the airport's an hour and a half, two hours away. Um, and it's just a different scene, really. There's, there's not much of a change as far as responsibilities. Um, the day's shorter. I mean, I wish Supercross could have a similar schedule. I love the day races. You know, it's nice to not get back to the hotel at, twelve thirty one in the morning and have to get up at three thirty to fly. It kind of just destroys your sunday but um i mean i i just i love the outdoors it's it's where the sport came from and it's gnarly and it's hot and rough and and really shows the true work ethic that sets aside from talent and uh really as far as as work goes it's it's very similar.
2: Well fair enough. Well I've already booked my ticket to go to Colorado this week or uh, two weekends from now. I'm looking forward to uh your highly modified uh Husqvarna or Husqvarna TC125, <laughs> looking. I also said KX125 mainly because I love them so much, uh, but uh, because uh, I secretly love them so much. Uh, but uh, <laughs> your your uh, your highly modified bike will feel like a very unmodified bike. But I will be there uh, um, and uh, still fr- try to figure out how I'm going to rent a, a vehicle for the weekend. But uh, what do I have to? Uh, ex- look forward to at the, only the uh, the second different national track that I've ever been to outside of uh, Glen Helen, actually. I've, I've ridden that track, but I've never seen it as a national.
3: Well, uh, for a while, hopefully my bike will be modified then. Um, yes. They, uh, it has good suspension, but the motor was stock this weekend and um, mm-hmm. has an FMF pipe and silencer. Um, but he's trying to tear it completely down and uh, get the motor done before then, so it'll probably... Be a little faster than a PW50, but uh, one of the things he did is he ordered an electron carburetor. So from what I understand, once you set those things up, they're good at any elevation. You don't have to change anything. So so that'll be a help not having to worry about that because he won't be there. Um, I am flying my dad in for that race. Once once I found out I have a bike there, I booked him a flight immediately. You know he's he's got to be my mechanic. So um, but neither of us are super geniuses about jetting. So. Dax is actually going to call all the Husky dealers in in Colorado and ask them how they set the bikes up just in case and, and, uh, give, give the best shot at it running good. And then I guess the rest is up to me. And if, if it's, if it's anything like Hangtown, I'm not going to, I'm going to push just as hard as I did. You know, I, I have a lot to do that day too. So, and nothing to prove, but, but smiling, you know, that you can smile on a dirt bike. And, um, so if, if it's anything like Hangtown, I'm, I'm going to pretty much do the same thing. I'd like to, I need to be in top 30 for sure. I mean, that's, that's a bit of a disappointment, even though it shouldn't be (laughs) with everything I have going. And, um, I, uh, but yeah, I, I can't, if it's like it was, I can't push hard. I mean, it's, I can't, I can't take a fall. So, um, hopefully it's a little better. Maybe they groom a little bit of it and, uh, you know, I can get closer to my original goal. And then as far as Colorado, it's one of my favorite nationals usually I fly in early and and go for a hike because there's mountains everywhere. And, um, I had a pretty cool hike plan this year to, uh, climb keyhole mountain, which from my understanding is pretty dangerous, but, um, something I want to do, but now I won't do that because you can't be climbing a 13,000 foot mountain on Friday before you race.
4: No.
3: So I I will be taking it easy Friday this time. And, uh, which is actually somewhat of a disappointment because I that's how much I love climbing and hiking. But, uh, riding a motorcycle is always going to be number one. So, um, you're, you're going to love that race. Um, it's on the side of a hill, mountains in the background, super scenic, uh, cool photos. And just the, the area is amazing. I mean, the hotel I usually stay at is like, it's in the country with mountainsides and trails and bicycle trails and hiking trails. And it's just, it's such an active state. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite states in the United States. So, um, But the track itself is one I've always wanted to ride. It looks so fun. But I want it to be loamy, and that's not going to be the case. So uh, I'm definitely going to appreciate it and love it and uh, have a good time on that track.
2: Awesome, man. Well, as always, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, and giving your two cents. And uh, everyone, please go over to uh, DirtBikesForPresident.com. Absolutely. And, uh, place your order. Um, uh, will my, will the hat that I purchased as the seventh, uh, lucky number seventh order from, uh, from your <laughs> website, uh, be, uh, will it arrive, uh, at, at my place before Colorado or are you just going to bring it with you just and give it to me then?
3: No, I shipped it that same day. So, uh, oh, look we, at that. we can, we can, yeah, we can check the tracking number. I would have think you got it by now, but it probably is a little slower getting across the border.
2: So, Today was a holiday in Canada. Uh, it's Victoria yeah. Day, the uh, uh, our, uh, our the Queen's birthday. We for some reason, ah. uh, we uh, we celebrate that. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. I will be donning my dirt bikes for president uh, hat at uh, at Colorado. Looking forward to see you there, my friend. Everyone, please go to uh, Professor 296 and uh, oh no, wait. Yeah, 296, yeah, and uh, and follow all things James Hansen, follow Dirt Bikes for President, smile, ride Dirt Bikes, because that is why we all do it.
3: Yep, that's why we all started, and that's something that everyone needs to remember, and uh, you know, sometimes it takes a reminder for that, and sometimes it takes someone outside of the sport, seeing how cool it is to remind you exactly that, so um, everyone just don't forget that's what it's all about.
2: Awesome, man. Well, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. You will be a repeat offender throughout this summer. Thank you so much for giving me some time, my friend. Don't hang up just yet. Podcast cut card off right there. We'll be right back with none other than Donnie Emler Jr. from FMX we'll right back here on the Big MX radio show. <laughs>
5: Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffey, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who've done Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BigMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. What's wrong,
2: Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a... That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. that takes? Mm-hmm. What Cereal Bees, Himigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every
1: morning with a fat ball. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back
3: on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors
0: off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too.
2: Hey, Big MX fans, Brad Gebhardt, your host here. And we've got a great opportunity tonight to ho- hook you guys up with some special prizes. If you are able to go to the Hangtown National this weekend and don't yet have tickets, we've got a pair of tickets for you. If you can answer these trivia questions and email me, Brad bradgebhardt88 at gmail.com. That's my personal email address. The two questions are, how much do you have to spend to get free shipping with Vertex Pistons? You can go on their website and find that out that out immediately. And also, if you go to pivotworks.com, I need you to tell me at what year their company started uh, doing what they do. Bearing kits and stuff like that. So that's how much do you have to spend at vertexpistons.com and what year did Pivotworks start doing what they do? First two emails to bradgebhart88 at gmail.com are going to win the tickets. You have to be able to attend the event. Please email me, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Hope you guys win. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-V-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for. Ryan Dungy, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose. They just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to wus today. W-U-S-A. All Things Wheels. Hey, big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying me. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. Traction MX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over. To tractionmx.com start shopping start designing and make something special like for you today going viral with viral brand viral brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market from supercross to snowcross and snowboarding and everything in between viral brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products quality eyewear and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-packet tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off road rangers, you name it. For you two stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, Works, and the brand new Cone is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Luninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to BillsPipes.com today and never settle. With us on the line for the second week, uh, in in, in two times in as many weeks, uh, goes by the name of Donnie Emler Jr. Donnie, how's it going, brother?
0: What's up, guys? Uh man, I'm just uh I'm recouping. I'm it's uh it was about ninety five out in Hangtown and uh still getting my bearings back over here from a day full of, of Moto and Dust and one twenty five premix and it was awesome.
2: Absolutely. You know I love that 95 number, although the heat, not a friend of mine, as I'm, uh, I'm from the the polar vortex, as they call it. But uh, uh, excited to talk to you about uh, mixing gas, hauling ass, and uh, th- this awesome race that happened this weekend. Uh, it's something that a lot of people have talked about for a number of years now, but it's basically become uh, come to fruition. Basically, uh, for three weekends this year, a support class of 125 two-strokes screaming around the track, making it look way too much fun. Tell me about it.
0: Yeah, so, you know, a couple years ago, we were talking to MX Sports, who uh, runs the whole Lucas Pro Motocross Championship, and, uh, you know, we were really interested in doing uh, a two-stroke, at least in an event. Um, You know, we really felt like, you know, the fans would love it. Um, You know, we would love it, try to get some of the industry involved in it, and we did that at Glen Helen, Um, and it was a huge uh, success. You know, we had Sean Collier out there riding a 500, it was kind of an open format, and it was right before uh, the Moto Moto One, and the crowd just went nuts for it. So, you know, it's something we've been trying to get uh, together with MX Sports and trying to let us uh, do maybe a little bit of a series. Um, you know, in Europe they do a 125cc uh, class that that follows a lot of the, uh, the circuits. So it's these kids that are coming through the ranks. Um, they're able to ride the same tracks as as the pros, get that experience, and it also helps a uh, transition from an 85 to a 250 F. So you're not going straight to the four strokes. Um, and it's a great class over there, but you know, it was just kind of a, a dream that we all had. And then, you know, this year, um, you know, Hangtown reached out to us cause they were interested in doing a two stroke race. And then, uh, you know, Joey at, uh, the 125DreamRace.com, you know, he did one in Washougal last year and we're like, man, we should just tie this together instead of having like three separate events. Like why not, you know, join forces here and really, really tackle this thing the right way. Um, so Joey and I, uh, reached out to, uh, MX sports and, uh, they were all for it. And, uh, so we, we decided to put together this triple crown event and it's a three race series, as you mentioned, it starts off, uh, last week in Hangtown, then and goes to Lakewood, Colorado, uh, and then final stop is in Washougal. So, uh, pretty neat. You know, we had the first event, we had 40 guys in the line, which was amazing. I mean, it, the, one of the coolest things was we had everyone meet us at, uh, at the sign-up area, and right before practice, we paraded them through the pro pits, uh, through all the factory semis, and just had them revving their engines the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and the the place was like, it was like the record player like skipped. They're like everyone like turned their heads and like, what the heck is this? So it was just a bunch of 125s just causing smoke through the pro pits, and it was just awesome. So it was a great feeling.
2: No kidding. If that's me, I'm uh, I'm mixing my stuff a little richer than normal, just to get a couple extra plumes out there to kind of
0: just uh, right. spread
2: the wealth, if you if you know what I mean.
0: Totally. And so uh, you know, from there we uh, we went and did. Uh, the guys got about ten minutes for practice, and uh, and then we went basically uh, kind of right back into staging. There was a 450 constellation race right between us and our our race, and then we lined the guys up. Uh, 40 guys in the gate and they went out and gave a five lap kind of exhibition race. And man, it was a, it was a bar banger for sure. I mean, it, you know, but a lot of the guys were like just blown away at how gnarly that the track was. And that was even before moto one, that was just after the, the practices for all the bikes. And then they were, they were coming in going, the track is so gnarly. So it just kind of gives you respect on how, how great these riders are. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, absolutely i just got off the phone with james hansen a guy who's been to a n- crazy number of these events he's seen it firsthand and for a guy to uh, go out onto the track and then from there uh, gain like a, basically a whole new respect for the athletes what they do and uh, and and just the the rigors of racing a track like that uh, just speaks to how 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 aggressive the track was, how gnarly it was, and uh, I think that uh, in addition to that, every single athlete, whether it was Topher Ingalls, all the way up to uh, Josh Hansen, and even Dennis Stapleton from uh, the, uh, he was riding uh, MXA, uh, Mxa um, they all seem to have smiles from ear to ear, it was awesome to see, and uh, I, I will also add an incredible amount of Hondas out there, given the fact that those things haven't been around for uh, about a decade or so
0: yeah you know is that was what was really cool i saw like an old kx one twenty five um i saw like a ninety five c r one twenty five um so you know then you have you know all the way to you know new two thousand and seventeens out there um so that was kind of the the cool part about it you know we 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 wanted the rules to be just you know pretty relaxed you know we we wanted you to be a decent rider, you know, you had to be over 16, you know, we were, we were kind of making you, making sure that they had an AMA pro card of some sort or raced a pro race. Um, but, uh, you know, all in all, everyone came out safe minus, uh, my, my, uh, my horseshoe for the win was, uh, Michael Sleater. And he had a pretty bad wreck, uh, about 50 feet from the finish line after he uh, passed for the lead on the last lap. And let me tell you, I mean, he got uh, a 10th place start and, uh, the crowd was just going nuts because he was working his way through the pack, and on the last lap, he caught uh, Robbie Wageman and passed him, and it gave him a little bump out of the out of the line, and and passed him for the for the lead. And then, uh, like I said, he had a big get off. and If you if you guys want to see a pretty gnarly photo, it's uh, he posted it. Uh, his uh, Instagram post is uh, at sleepdog, D A W G. And he is just getting torqued into the ground. <laughs> and I can laugh gotcha. about it now because he's okay. But, yeah, he he definitely said he hasn't had a, a get-off like that for some time. So
2: No kidding. Um, he, but, he's, you know, he's elderly now. He Sleater can't be slamming himself to the ground like that anymore.
0: Oh, man. It was uh, – I, I thought he – everyone thought he – I mean, he, he had the thing won and, you know, kind of like turned away. And all of a sudden you hear the crowd just go nuts like, ah, uh, and you're like, what What happened? And then I didn't see him come over the finish line. I was like, oh, no. So oh, Michael Slater uh, doing his bun- best
2: impression of an ostrich right here. I didn't see that till yep. just now. And you it's with just a bunch gnarly. of eyebrows up as your comment. Yeah. That, oh, man, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> yep, so uh, that, that was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, the, the the race in general was great. You know, we're looking forward to... Uh, rounds 2 and 3 and something we we announced uh, right before Hangtown actually is uh that Husqvarna came on board not only for contingency for for the riders so if you win forget get for first second or third on a on a Husqvarna you're going to get some uh, cash contingency and then what they did is they gave us uh a new TC 125 to uh give away and what we did, instead of just giving it to the guy maybe with the most points at the end, we're actually uh, putting everyone's names in a kind of a drawing that that attends all three. So, you know, you could get 20th at every round, but you still have as much of a chance as the guy that's won all three rounds to yeah. to win the motorcycle. So at Washougal, we're going to have, uh, like, a Jason Anderson or someone from Husqvarna team uh, to draw the winner. So, um, you know, it's cool. It's just, I mean, it's things like that that just show that, like, you know, uh, these OEMs like KTM and Husqvarna, they're really, really behind it. And they, they appreciate like what we're doing as far as, uh, from, you know, a race standpoint and they see the value of it in the, in the marketing and, you know, as, as do I at FMF and, you know, it was just a, a great event and we're, we're looking forward to more and, uh, Joey and his staff, his wife and, and crew, they did a killer job. So, um, you know, I'm thankful for that.
2: Absolutely. And like, with how many, uh, like, Systems you see out there uh, throughout the race, and people are really excited to see them. I feel like uh, this is a great addition to the nationals, even if it's just for the three events. I hope that there's more in the future. Um, and uh, you always want to see that uh, kind of uh, um, race on Saturday now, and uh, and sell on Monday. But but more than just selling units, uh, does this also just want to like try to drive home to the the, the motocross community that uh uh, fmf is not only involved with uh, performance but also just building the sport up for it to be celebrated
0: yeah i mean i think that's the the biggest thing like i i didn't even really you know when i'm when i was out there and we were at you know doing the rider check-in and stuff you know i'm not doing it because you know it's it's a good thing for fmf on top of everything but it's i'm doing it because you know the love for the sport and really trying to you know keep this uh the two-stroke progression going and and like you said building the sport for the industry as a whole um you know it's a 125s are great bikes they're they're entry level you know they're not expensive you know you can work on them yourself you know so there's a lot of pluses to these things and you know it's just uh it's it's a great form of you know of new 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 style slash old style racing i mean it's uh you know, like I was talking to Sleater and he was like, man, I, you know, I wouldn't practice a couple of days before the race just to get, you know, you know, some feeling back on this 125. And he's like, man, you have to ride it so aggressively to, you know, to keep your momentum up and stuff. And he's like, it's actually really, really fun because, you know, you have to change your thinking of how you ride a dirt bike because you're so used to, you know, the power that a 250 or 350 have, and then you hop on a 125 and you just have to, work your body positioning all over the place just to, you know, make sure you have enough momentum to get through the corner and over some of these jumps.
2: I, I totally agree. I love jumping on my old KX125. The thing is a lot of work to get around the track, but in a lot of ways, it's not because it's a super light motorcycle. The engine, the the thing doesn't rattle your uh, your teeth out, and uh, it just feels light in the corners. It rolls super nice. I'm a huge fan uh, of uh, of the bikes in general because, like you said, they're they're great introductory bikes, and even once you uh, acquire some skill, they're even more fun to throw around out there and at least make it sound like you're going pretty fast. Totally. So, what what would be the future of this uh, this Triple Crown? Is the dream of uh, this scenario to have basically a support class for uh, the Nationals in uh, basically a an, either an invitation or a full blown uh, kind of almost like a uh, like a a sub uh, support class of, uh, of of amateurs and 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 who anyone who wants to race this class uh, in a twelve race series.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I see it, you know two ways. You know, um, I, I think every you know, one of the pro motocross uh tracks on the circuit, you know, have enough local, you know, talent or riders that would obviously fill up a full gate and I don't think that's an issue. Um but I also see it, you know, on on the other hand of, you know, possibly like I said over in Europe, how, you know, it's it's more of a you know, a youth class where these kids have to come come up through the ranks and, and ride the same pro track as, you know, as the gnarly factory guys and then but they're also getting that experience. So um, you know, I like the way the way it is right now. It's just fun. And, and, uh, but I, I think there is something to be said that I think uh, that it could be um, for the sport as a whole to have, um, you know, these kids and these amateur riders coming through the ranks. And this is like a series that they would have to do in order to make it to the 250 class. Fair
2: enough. I I totally agree. I I like that. I like the 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 increase when you increase the stepping stones, you allow kids to progress, and it's no different than uh, like in a lot of stick and ball sports. Like you have uh, you have collegiate sports, you you have junior football, then you have collegiate football, then you have professional football. Same thing with you have junior hockey. You move and uh, you, you're in that for a certain amount of ages, and then you have to move up to the next thing. And but you still pl- you play in front of a bunch of people. It's a pressured environment, but like in doses, not as much as going from a uh, an aluminum or a steel framed carbureted two stroke to uh, a couple months later racing an aluminum framed fuel injected four stroke uh in my opinion uh it's just it's a huge leap and uh it's uh it's a lot for a kid to adjust to especially when they're learning and they're and they're and also the four stroke easy button that is basically just come out of a corner and pin it uh i'm a huge fan of it
0: no i i completely 100 percent agree um yeah, I think all in all, it's uh, I think it's opening some eyes and seeing what we've been able to accomplish in such a short little time. You know, planning this thing, and uh, you know, like like I said, the support of some of the OEMs in the in the industry between KTM and, and Husqvarna. Um, you know, we had killer trophies for the guys. You know, they got you know big prize packs for the top three. So I think you know, and it was free entry. You know, you just the cost of getting get there and, and then showing up, but really getting to. Uh, go out and ride a, a national track like right in front of about 20,000 people I mean it was pretty neat to see to see that and, like how many of the fans were like coming up to the guys and like that was so cool like so fun to watch that that type of racing and so it just was a, made for a great start to Hangtown, and then obviously the rest of the racing was really really good I mean besides obviously it's going to be a long season for everyone racing against like Tomac it looks like but uh you know other than that it was some, there were some great battles going on for sure
2: absolutely uh, I couldn't agree more I think uh, I love it I, I want to see more of it and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it firsthand uh, in uh, in Colorado when I'm there in in two weeks and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that off air and uh, but unfortunately I want to end this uh, uh, our, our time to see or this uh, this afternoon more evening for me more afternoon for you uh, based on the time changes but uh, um, uh, some sad news today within the community of motorcycles uh, more motorcycles I actually didn't give uh James a, a, a moment to comment on this, but uh um I don't know about you, Donnie, but I grew up um like I, I didn't get into motorcycles till I was about nine years old and uh right around then uh a young man was absolutely ripping up the uh the the North American uh, uh blacktop um and uh basically like part of that whole two wheel Tuesday thing on, on speed and and it really allowed me to um fall in love with uh, with everything two wheels and uh, that we, we lost that guy today so uh, I don't know if you had uh, any memories or things to say about uh, the young Nicky Hayden but uh, clearly gone way too soon
0: yeah you know I mean I w- was lucky enough uh, I think like a lot of people were to, to have a chance to know uh, Nick uh, pretty fairly well so yeah I mean it's definitely definitely tough I mean uh, you know I've kind of grown up watching his career i mean he was a year younger than me um so you know a lot of great great memories just getting be able to chance to talk to him and, and become his friend and uh be able to see his uh you know one of my great friends his his fiance, and then him when they got engaged um so you know just uh just kind of troubling time just you know thinking about it and um just praying for the family and that uh, they get through this okay.
2: Absolutely. Sort of, uh, to spring that on you, I didn't mention that. No worries. uh, Walking into this thing, but uh, just honestly, for me, I've, uh, yeah i've been been really uh, just kind of twisted up about it since hearing about his uh the accident I honestly just kind of like I feared the worst and uh, that it was kind of came to fruition today and uh, just thoughts with uh his family and everyone who 's close to him that they can pull through this and uh, um, it' 's it's, it's a sad day within the sport of, within the sport of being on on two wheels uh, it 's amazing to see the outpour of uh, of condolences on social media um like, for a lot of people who, from my understanding, very little connection to road racing, uh, really having a lot of really cool things to say about the guy and just goes to show how many people he touched.
0: Yeah, man, the guy could haul ass on a dirt bike, you know. You that know, too, his yeah. Skills, grew, his skills growing up, uh, racing flat track. I mean, and if you saw the guy uh, ride around the motocross track, I mean, he'd just blow people's minds. He was so fast. So, But, yeah, man, it's uh, it's another tough loss in our industry and, and whether it's, uh, you know, a guy that rides, you know, he's a racer and it just affects everyone that, uh, that gives their, you know, pours their life into either, whether it's motocross or road racing or what, what have you. I mean, it's pretty cool to see now porn, like you said, of, you know, it's like Lewis Hamilton, you know, Formula One guys tweet about him. So he, uh, he definitely touched a lot of people's you know, hearts, you know.
2: For sure, and like I said, thoughts and prayers with the family and all those who are close to him. Uh, Donnie, I really appreciate you coming uh, to taking some time out of your day to uh, to talk to me on my janky radio show uh, and uh, and just uh, bring bring the good word of, uh, of of mixing gas, hauling ass, and all that uh, that is awesome. Where can people find more information on uh, on your products as well as uh, you and your life, my friend? Because uh, I gotta say you are one good follow on social media.
0: <laughs> uh well i mean i guess first and foremost you know um we started a new account for the the triple Crown series so you guys can follow that to get some cool video stuff uh that we did at you know at hangtown already and some uh just great photos um that's at uh at f m f one two five dot triple crown and uh of course you can follow us at f m f seventy three for all the FMF latest and greatest, and then myself at FMF, L-I-L-D, little d. So I appreciate it, guys, and it's always a blast coming on the show and and talking two-strokes and talking racing in general. So we look forward to it in the next couple weeks here.
2: Awesome, Matt. Well, really hope that I'm able to see you in Colorado. Thank you so much for, for taking some time with me today. Don't hang up just yet. For podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there.
0: Appreciate that, dude. Thank you.
2: And there you have it, guys, my podcast with both James Hansen and... Donnie Amler Jr. from FMF. Really appreciate you guys always listening and uh, giving me some great feedback. Please go to com. Go get yourself some apparel. Uh, I've done so myself, and I'm really excited about getting that in the mail soon. Um, If you guys ever have a request or someone that you'd like to see here on the Big Mesh Radio Podcast show, please make a request to me on Instagram at... Brad Gebhart 88 I'll always respond to any of the messages that I get on there as well as if you guys want to email me at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com hit me up I'll get back to you as soon as I can until then keep twisting the throttle guys keep those elbows up thanks again for listening
6: mm mm-hmm.